Hey friends, welcome to the Redeemer Queen's Park podcast. Redeemer exists to help connect Jesus to people, people to community, and community to mission. We're gathering on Saturdays at 3 p.m. to worship God and fellowship. If you ever have any questions, or if we could be of help in any way at all, then please give us a shout at hello at redeemerqp.com. We hope you'll be encouraged as you hear another one of our Bible talks. Let's listen to the next episode. Redeemer Queens Park exists to help connect Jesus to people, people to community, and community to mission. And I want to welcome you in to another Bible talk in the Redeemer Queens Park community. We're in a teaching series called The Signs to Life, and I'm eager to share with you the first sign that Jesus did so that we could see and believe in Him. Today I want to share with you a word from John chapter 2 in the Bible, and it's simply called, When You're Out of Wine. When you're out of wine, there are three big themes and headings to this, and I do hope it's going to be really encouraging to you. For the entire Redeemer community who's tuning in for this, and anyone else who's dropping in for any reason at all, so grateful that you're here today. In John 2, we see Jesus at a wedding. He was the man that you would want to be around. He was the life of the party. He had so much energy and life to him, and he is the one that everyone Sinners, tax collectors, drunks, prostitutes, everyone wanted around because there was something about this one that had so much life and energy to him. You just couldn't have a good time without him. And we see Jesus at a wedding. And let me tell you something, as a pastor, one of my favorite things to do is to be a part of weddings. Unlike Hollywood celebrities that only get about six or eight weddings in their life, pastors get to be a part of multiple weddings. I love sitting with people for premarital counseling. I love standing with people on their special day. I love walking with people in the course of their married lives. And we're going to see Jesus at a wedding, and Jesus does the most incredible thing. The party runs out of wine, and Jesus takes some old jars used for ritual purifications to make unclean people clean before God. And Jesus turns water into wine, and He provides life and energy for this party. And if we can read this sign, we can discern the message, and we can understand that Jesus is offering us something much deeper than drink, friend. He is offering to cover our sin and our shame that makes us unclean and separates us from God. So John chapter 2 is where we're going to be. John chapter 2 verses 1 through 11. Now, the big idea is simply this. Jesus is taking the old way that people were made clean before God and He is transforming it. There are three major headings that we can learn from this passage of Scripture. In just the next few minutes, I want to share them with you to encourage you. So again, when you're out of wine, three things to notice. Number one, Jesus offers to solve the problem. It's in the text. Have a look. Look at verse three. They ran out of wine. This may seem like a little bit of a tragedy to us today, but you need to know in this cultural context in Canaan, Galilee, this would have brought incredible shame 
on the wedding party and the families involved. Jesus understands this and Jesus moves towards the problem. But the truth is for you and me today, we face something much deeper than a little bit of cultural shame. We have a sin problem deep in our hearts that actually brings out shame in each and every one of us as well. And Jesus' mother approaches and says they've run out of wine in verse 3. Jesus responds to his mom in verse 4, My hour has not yet come. This sounds like a strange reaction. Why is he almost rebuking his mom when she's just telling him they've run out of wine? Well, Mary's coming to her son because she knows him to be the one that can solve the problem. And Jesus is sitting here with a strange and a unique reaction. So to understand where Jesus is coming from, we have to imagine. What is Jesus as a single 30-year-old man thinking about at this wedding? Well, he's probably thinking about what all single people tend to think about around weddings. Probably thinking about his own wedding. And in the Bible, in the Old Testament, God refers to himself as a groom and he refers to his chosen people, Israel in the Old Testament and the church in the New Testament, as his bride, the church. Maybe Jesus is sitting in this moment and he's thinking what he is going to have to go through in order to provide wine his guest at his wedding one day. Maybe this groom is thinking about what's necessary to provide the spiritual wine and covering for his people one day. So the first thing we see in John chapter 2 is that Jesus offers to solve the problem. Look at how he intends to do it. The second big thing we learn is that Jesus can use the mess of your situation and my situation. Jesus can use the mess of your situation to bring about salvation. Check it out in verse 6. It says water pots used for purification. Now let's just double tap on that and expand it just real quick. There were clean and unclean people. The water pots were used throughout Jewish tradition to make unclean people clean before a holy God. This was their very vehicle of being made right in order to present themselves before God. And Jesus uses this very thing, this intended to clean people up, to be a means of delivering people and making them clean once and for all. Again, this is a sign about what he intends to do. So Jesus tells the servants, take those pots and fill them up to the brim. You see this in verse 7, filling them to a brim. This means they were overflowing. This tells us about the kind of salvation that Jesus intends to provide for us. Not one that is barely going to cut it, but one that is overflowing to the top. That's the way he intends to provide for his people. And at the heart of this miracle is substitution substitution. It's the way that God saves people in the end. He gives himself for us. That is the heart of the gospel message. At the heart of this miracle is substitutionary sacrifice. Jesus came to die for our sins and in our place in order to make us right with God. This miracle shows us that Jesus will one day give the water of his body on the cross to be the wine of our salvation that we can enjoy in eternity with him forever. This is beautiful. And Jesus is doing all of this in a wedding. Yes, in a moment, he's practically removing some cultural shame that could come on this young married couple. 
But in the midst of it, and in the context of the Gospel of John, we get to see these deep themes that Jesus is showing us and presenting us about the kind of salvation that He intends to bring. And if I could just make this real for us, what this sign means is that any addiction and struggle or sin or habit that you find yourself jammed up in, that very thing can become a trophy of God's grace. The, the very thing that is meant for your destruction and my destruction, it can actually become a means of deliverance. That's what we see in this miracle as Jesus turns water into wine through these purification jars. Jesus is showing us that He is going to be the way of salvation and deliverance. He is the way that unclean people like me and like you are made clean before holy God. So check it out, friends. The third and final point from this brief Bible talk today is that Jesus wants you, and He wants me, Jesus wants you to see and believe. Now remember, this is a sign. It's not a mere miracle. This is a miracle with a message. This is John's big idea in writing. He's presenting a series of signs so that we can read the signs. We can understand the message. We can see Jesus and have life in Him. The word sign is very significant in John's Gospel. John uses the word 17 times and the word miracle isn't found once. And what does that mean? A miracle can wow you, but a sign can inform you. So we're, we're observing the events, but we have to read the meaning in order to understand what it means for you and me today. So let's follow it in. Verses 8 and 9, the author tells us that the servants knew. The servants got it. Now, when, they, when the servants were the ones who were listening to Jesus, they're the ones that actually took the big stone jars, they filled them with water, and they brought it to the master of the banquet. Oh, the servants new. And so it is with people today. It's the people that actually hear, trust, and obey the voice of Jesus that they get it. They know they're in. I wonder if in hearing this sign, you've observed, you have observed Jesus for some time, but you actually haven't trusted in Him, believed Him, and obeyed Him. The text tells us the servants New. Next we see in verse 10, the master of this banquet, he, he's baffled. He says, look, you've saved the best to last. You've saved the good wine till now. Isn't it hilarious? He talks about how, listen, clearly people are going to like serve the best things first. And once they've had their fill, you bring out the cheap stuff later. But he's baffled. The, the, the wine that Jesus provides is better than any wine they've had before in Cana of Galilee. And this tells us a deep truth about the kingdom of Jesus. In the way of Jesus, God saves the best for last. Yeah, so it is in the life of faith. We get some reward now. We get some taste of the goodness now with the best coming in the end. And notice something very, very interesting. All of this is done to reveal who Jesus is, to reveal who God is. That's what Jesus is up to. Jesus isn't a stuntman. Jesus isn't just showing off. Jesus is revealing His character and identity to people. And we have it captured in God's Word so we can read it and we can see the revelation about God today. Think about it. Jesus reveals His glory. In His ability to change water into wine, Jesus shows us His power over creation. 
Jesus is revealing His heart. Jesus desires to take water and to transform it into the celebratory drink of wine. Jesus is revealing His care for this young couple and removing the thing that could cause them some social shame and providing honor in their place. And Jesus is revealing to us, friends, as He takes these jars used for purification, Jesus is revealing that He is going to be the way of salvation. Through substitution, He is going to substitute the water of His body to be the wine that we can drink at the wedding banquet in eternity that will never run out. I want to conclude our time together right here by providing for you just three very practical ways this applies to your life and to mine. Well, listen, if you made it this far in the talk, there's a good chance that you're listening right now and you're asking one very simple and important question. So what? So what? This guy named Jesus lived and he apparently changed water into wine. What does that have to do with us today? Three things as we finish. Number one, when you're out of wine, when you are out of wine, what should you do? You should look to Jesus and think about what Jesus is offering you in that moment. 2020 had a way of finding us out, leaving us exposed and vulnerable for all the other artificial saviors we've been going to to find some soul relief. Maybe you find yourself at a moment when you're just sick and tired of your life and you're sick and tired of your situation. The Bible would say that's actually not a terrible place to be because it means you're finally getting to the end of yourself where you can get on to God. Friend, what you need when you're out of wine is not any other supplemental wine you could find for yourself. It's the wine of salvation that Jesus can provide. It's the water of His body being exchanged for the celebratory drink of eternity. Look to Jesus. Trust in Jesus. In this moment, so what? Listen to Jesus reaching out to you in this message. Hear His invitation. Come unto me, all who labor and are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus came so that you could have life and so you could have it abundantly. When you're out of wine, look to Jesus. Or you might be hearing this today. You might be thinking, well, I'm not necessarily out of wine. I've actually heard this story before. I'm just kind of on the fence. Well, maybe in this miracle, you could take this opportunity to not merely observe Jesus, but to believe in Jesus. Jesus is not some idea from a book. He is a person in history. He does not attend to be observed from a distance, but loved and worshiped and obeyed in our lives. Take this opportunity today to move from observing Jesus to believing in Jesus. And finally, for the rest of us, we end with the words of Mary, his mom. Whatever he says to you, do it. Let's let that be the thing that we walk away from this obeying. As we hear, trust, and obey the voice of Jesus, let's listen to what he's saying to us through this luminous sign. What does he light up in your own heart, in your own mind, in your own imagination? What part of your life comes into focus as you see Jesus exchanging water for wine? Whatever he says to you, do it. Let's think about that together. So friend, the big idea is that Jesus came to give the water of his body to be the wine of eternity that will never end. See the signs of life. See Jesus. Believe in this one who came to give us life and give it to us to the full.